More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Oh, it is second hour time. Second hour of the Clay and Buck Show. Much to discuss. Light us up on these lines, by the way. We didn't get a calls last hour. We'll get to calls this hour for sure. Um, and we'll have both primary topics open. Um, uh, meaning that if you, I, I would love to hear from someone who lives in Long Island about that third congressional district. And even better, if we can get, I know we've got WOR listeners, uh, in the NYC area who are, uh, in that district or, or let's say right next to it. Call in, tell us, uh, how you think that went down. Did the snow really affect things? Uh, we'd like, like to get some ground truth from our, uh, WOR NYC listeners. So, uh, and then also this hour, we'll take calls about this Mayorkas impeachment, which let's be clear, the, Sounds like Obama there. Let me be clear. Uh, let, let me be clear on this. Uh, the Speaker of the House said that they would get this done on the second try, and they did. So, a promise made, a promise kept on that. Now it goes to the Senate. It will not result in a removal, I think. But what are the, uh, the optics of this? How do people view it politically? irrespective of, I think, the foregone conclusion about the outcome. Let's start with Representative Buck, which is a great name. This is cut to, he does not like this vote. Play it. Did you reconsider your vote at all before tonight? Because you were receiving a lot of backlash. I would tune into Fox News occasionally. I would hear your name, always used in vain on this particular issue. Did you reconsider at all? No. The reality is the facts didn't change, in my opinion, of them. I, I prosecuted for 25 years. I know what a cri- high crime and misdemeanor are, uh, are and I know uh, that this doesn't qualify. This is a policy difference. Um, you, you can uh, try to put lipstick on this pig. It is still a pig, and this is a, a terrible impeachment. It sets a terrible precedent. The first impeachment of, of Donald Trump was a bad impeachment, and we've got to stop this in, in this body, or we are going to lose our, our, our credibility with the American further lose our credibility with the American public. Well, I think he lost some credibility when he just said the first impeachment of Donald Trump was bad. But put that aside for a moment, because uh, there were two. There were two there, Representative Buck. 
He's messing up my name. Um, and Clay, uh, this is what it really comes down to. I, I understand. And we had some very astute observations from, uh, from listeners yesterday on this. And we got the emails that there's a case to be made that you have to hold this official Mayorkas accountable for what he is doing. I view it as follows. They're already maneuvering, uh, to make it seem like they want to fix the border and Republicans are the ones standing away. For example, U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement has drafted plans to do a jailbreak of migrants or a, a detention break, I should say, of migrants, um, because of the budget bill not going through. So now they're threatening, just so everyone's clear on this, Immigration and Customs Enforcement under Biden is saying, hey, we might just have to let a whole bunch of migrants that we are detaining for now out free and clear because Republicans wouldn't go along with our border security bill. That, to me, I know it's dishonest, but that's more powerful politics than we're impeaching Mayorkas, he won't be removed, and even if he was removed, they'd replace him with somebody else. And and I know you keep, I'll let you make your point, but I think you have an important one on this as well. My concern is we are setting ourselves up for Joe Biden to say, you know what, the border is a mess, I'm going to replace Mayorkas, and we're going to have a new border czar. And then he says, I fixed it. He's going to, I think he has the ability to two-step here. Because remember, right now Biden is minus 35 on the border. Of every issue under the sun, the border is the weakest for Biden. How do they rectify it? while still maintaining the wide-open border, which is ultimately what they want. One, they rectify it by saying, hey, we tried to fix the border issue. Republicans refused to go along with us and support it, and therefore they are responsible for the issue at the border. You and I know that's not true. We all know that Democrats had complete control of Congress in 21 and 22, and could have passed any bill they wanted, and instead they left the border wide open, we also know that Biden has the executive authority to be able to implement the same policies that he reversed that Trump put in place, which would effectively turn the border into a secure zone and reduce the number of illegal entrants to a trickle of what it is now. We all know that could happen. But he's going to blame Republicans for not signing on to his border bill. That's part one. Part two is, Buck, I think a few months from now, after Mayorkas is protected, Biden asks for Mayorkas' resignation and says that he's going to put someone new in who will do a better job of implementing his border policy than Mayorkas has. That then will be the old Potomac two-step uh, the Texas two-step, whatever you want to call keep it. Keep that card in your back pocket, Jack. Yes. Uh, that will allow him. Maybe it takes the border from a negative 35 issue to just a negative 15 issue because enough middle of the road voters and enough people who are upset about what's going on are willing to say, yeah, the border's a mess, but really it's both parties that aren't fixing it. Joe Biden's doing his best. That's the message they're going to sell, and I'm concerned 
that making it look yeah. like Mayorkas is responsible for this takes Biden a little bit off the hook. And, and, and just remember, wasn't it just back in 2020 when all those Democrats, when there was the cast of thousands running for the Democrat primary, uh, in the Democrat primary, when they were asked if they thought that illegals should get uh, Obamacare, they all raised their hands. Do you remember that? Yeah. I mean, th- this is a party, and including Biden, this is a party that embraced open borders, that kicked the border wide open, that trampled anybody who tried to stand in the way of this, and now they're going to turn around and they're going to lie to everyone. The whole thing is going to be, oh, we're, we're, we understand this is a problem and the immigration system is the problem and we're here to fix it too. And, and we can all roll our eyes at this, but look what just happened in Long Island. Yeah. They ran a Democrat who said, oh, I'm a, I'm a super, I'm hawkish on the border. And they ran him against somebody who wasn't born in this country. And, you know, you could say, well, that's not fair. Well, you know, the optics of this are what they are right now. And they lost by eight points. And uh, I just feel like everyone needs to understand the the truth of what the Democrats have done at the border is going to get shouted down by their propaganda about how now Joe Biden wants to fix it. And I told you about the ICE releases. And this brings us back to uh, Mayorkas. And what does this what does this really accomplish? They're not, they don't have the votes in the Senate. So he's not going to lose his job. And, and to your point, there's even the possibility that Biden could start to say as we get closer to the election, you know, we're going to, we want, we want to push for a more consensus candidate to run DHS. Mayorkas has done a great job. I don't think he'll do that, but he could do that. And it wouldn't be bad, but it wouldn't be bad politics. And the GOP no. has no, has no answer to it right now. This dilutes to me the argument that Joe Biden is responsible for the border. And it, it, look, this is a sports analogy that many of you, I think, will understand. This is like the assistant coach getting fired when the head coach is under stress and people are saying, boy, the, the losing streak's really going poorly. And you say, well, it's the offensive coordinator's fault. It's the defensive coordinator's fault. It takes away and buys time for the head coach when they're able to argue that a subordinate is responsible for the failure. So to me, when you look at this, I'm concerned that Republicans are playing into Democrats' hands. Biden should be the one getting impeached. Biden is the one who is a disastrous presidential candidate, uh, president who is refusing. He's also a disastrous presidential candidate right now, but he's refusing to do the job to secure the border. That is an impeachable offense in my mind. Ultimately, Mayorkas serves at the discretion of the president. If you're upset with a cabinet official, to me, you should go after the president, not the cabinet official. The cabinet official is like punching down. You know, like I, I don't respond very often on social media to people who chirp and they have like a thousand followers, right? Like I most of the time don't even see what they're saying, but it would be like me punching down because like if somebody's got millions of followers is upset with me, sometimes I'll respond on social media because that's at least a fair fight. Me going after some random guy, that kind of feels like what the Republican House is doing. I don't think, here's a good question for you, Buck. What percentage of Americans even know who Mayorkas is? How many people could identify Mayorkas? 25%? 
20%? A tiny percentage of American voters know who the HHS secretary is. We, we need to stop, uh, the GOP needs to stop playing to the base and stop trying to be the person who gets the most cheers on Fox News and understand what the race is going to turn into now, which is fighting over the two or three percent who are actually going to show up who are in the middle and determine which way these states go. We are not going to have a 10 point, a 15 point landslide in swing states. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's right. So we need to understand what the real dynamics are here. And I, you know, look, I, it's early. It's February. Uh, there's, there's some time, I think, to get this messaging right. But Democrats are playing this from given the hand of, given the reality of what they have done. The fact that Democrats are so brazenly trying to rewrite history and change the script now should be an indicator of the ruthlessness with a ruthlessness Yes, right. which they will try to yeah. achieve power. Thank you. That was a tough one to say. I, I think the challenge, too, is take yourself out of the equation. Because I understand some of our listeners are out there. You're like, I know who Mayorkas is. I know who's responsible for what's going on at the border. That's fine. You're right. You are more sophisticated in your knowledge than the average voter is. I'm always thinking about the average voter. Because to me, that's how you win. And the average voter out there is super busy. They're concerned about whether or not they got Valentine's Day uh, uh, reservations. They're worried about getting their kids to a basketball game or uh, who's going to be uh, taking care of the kids on the weekend when mom or dad has to work because they've got to make extra money to deal with the reality of Bidenomics, right? They're not sitting around analyzing nuances of border policy. They have a generalized sense that things cost way too much. They certainly know that they're not as comfortable with their wife or their kids being out late at night as they used to be in cities. Uh, they understand that there is, especially if they live anywhere near a city, that there is a massive amount of illegal immigration going on. They know all those things because it impacts and influences their day-to-day life. They're not going to be watching Mayorkas at an impeachment hearing. you got to make the case against Biden. To me, Mayorkas is punching down. Biden is the responsible party here. He's the incompetent one. Anything that dilutes the attack to me from Joe Biden is a misaligned target on behalf of the Republican Party. And that's my concern with the Mayorkas decision in general. If you want to call in and yell at Clay and tell him how wrong he is, 800-282-2882. Um, I agree with him, though, so technically you'd be yelling at both of us. Uh, but that's fine. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think. So let light, it, light us up. Um, you know, the sound of an unborn baby's heartbeat is an incredible thing. And to a pregnant mother, it's a forever bonding experience to hear that sound. To think just three weeks into life, a baby's heart, begins to beat even while being so tiny in the mother's womb. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on an ultrasound. The staff working at Preborn's network of clinics knows this all too well. These clinics welcome pregnant mothers into their facilities as they consider life or abortion for their unborn child. As they encourage life, they offer support and resources for up to two years after childbirth, and they offer to introduce that mother to her child via ultrasound. 
Preborn needs our help to save these precious tiny souls. For just $28, you could be the difference between the life or death of a baby. When you make a a tax-deductible donation of any amount, you'll be helping save the lives of unborn children. Again, for $28, you could be the difference between a child being born or a child being lost to abortion. This is the mission. This is the godly pathway that preborn clinics are undertaking day in and day out. To donate, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. Pound 250 on your cell phone, say the keyword baby. Or if you want to donate online, this is what I've done, preborn.com slash buck, preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Preborn has a 100% charity rating, so you can give with confidence. Sponsored by Preborn. The torch of truth, past and still lit every day. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton Show. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Valentine's Day special edition. Love hurts. There you hear it. It is Valentine's Day. Um, 
I wanted to mention this to all of you, by the way, uh, because I do think these numbers are important, and I hinted at it yesterday, but I want to drive it home even more. I was reading yesterday, New York Times, only 5% of American parents have gotten the latest COVID shot for their kids. Think about how crazy that is. 95% of parents out there have said no to the latest COVID shot. And only 40% of parents got the initial COVID shot for their kids. Buck, I just find those numbers so interesting because as a parent, you might be willing to do things for your own health that because you had to keep a job, like you had to get the shot so you could go around to New York City and be able to go about your daily life. But when 95% of parents are rejecting the COVID boosters and 60% of parents never got them in the first place, that's pretty extraordinary. You know, I just to clarify, I got the Johnson & Johnson, yes, which was not an mRNA shot and which was... Just not effective at all. <laughs> which and pulled like, from the market shortly after you got right. it. Right. I mean, they even admitted, they're like, well, that was a total waste of everybody's time. But so it was an mRNA, but it was in New York City, it was get the shot or lose your job. That's it. It was get the shot or you're done. And uh there's, I, I'm surprised that more people on the right aren't advocating for this. I don't know. Maybe Trump has talked about this. Why haven't we agreed to rehire every person yeah, from I every agree. branch of the military, every, you know, we we owe it to them. I, I don't know why with back this pay. Is, with back with back pay, with you know, increase in rank that would have come from from duration of service. I mean, I I don't. But you and I sit here, man. I'll say this is one where maybe we're disconnected from even a majority of the GOP base at this point. People just want to move on. I I don't. I am like you. You brought up what New York City did and making yeah. everyone like me. Get, I'm still angry about it. One I, reason I, you live in Miami now. It, well, huge reason, you know, people say, oh, we'll do something about it. I did. I moved to Florida, which I never thought I would do. I do love it here, by the way, especially in February. But I never thought I would leave New York City. I love New York City, but the leadership of New York betrayed me and betrayed the Constitution, and I have not let it go, and I will not let it go. I don't know. Maybe Trump's going to start talking about this, but I'm not sure the people really care. I don't know. I, I do think that that's a no-brainer, but to get 95%, is such an extraordinary number of parents to agree on anything. And the fact that you care more, and I know all of you do, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, they all care more about their kids than anything. There's an awful lot of people, I think, Buck, that this tells us, have been lying about how many boosters they've been getting and everything else. Is it only the media that's been getting their kids the booster shots? Because that's basically the way that I would think. Uh, as we come back, we'll talk more about that. We got we got to play some like Ella Fitzgerald, you know, some some love songs on the show today, Clay. That aren't you know, was is that was that Joan Jett? Am I right on that? I hate myself for loving you. Um, we're, thank you. I'm I'm pretty solid here. The Buckster knows a thing or two about the tune, especially 80s, 90s music. I, I can hang. It's a little bit like uh, like the NBA in the in the 90s. Like I know 90s NBA. I just don't know anything for the last uh, 15 years or so. Um, but anyway, I, I'm I'm sitting here, Clay, and, and thinking, okay, first of all, Car- Carrie, um, Carrie went to, I, I'm hoping, 
you may be hearing the dog barking in the background of the show. I just want everyone to know. Carrie doesn't know this. I'm obviously having a massive bouquet of flowers delivered, but I know she's at the gym right now, so I'm, I, I can talk about this and she's not listening. The dog is probably scaring the floral delivery man half to, half to death right now at the door. Um, but yes, I am, uh, getting the flowers delivered and that is just one of the things that I, that I do today. So while we talk about Valentine's in these tones of, of being very knowing about it, Clay, we all, oh, Valentine sets the rules. We do whatever St. Valentine tells us. Oh, it's also Ash Wednesday. Let me add. Thank you very much, which is important to, uh, do any, out there. any, does women fear any day as much as men fear Valentine's Day and Mother's Day? It's almost nothing that you can do that is, you're just trying to avoid disaster. Is there any day, I don't know the answer, is there any day out there on the calendar that women are like, boy, I better not screw this up because my husband or my boyfriend is going to be, you know, I'm going to really bear the brunt of his anger if I do. I would argue with you, Buck. There is not a single day on the calendar that women fear screwing up. And I think there are a lot that men sit around worried about screwing up. Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, I would submit to you New Year's Eve is a day that men sit around and really worry about screwing up. And I'm not talking about you worry as a woman about screwing up because, you know, like, though there's a birthday party going on or it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas and you're worried about cooking. and That's like the whole family you're worried about screwing up for, right? I get that's a different level of pressure. I mean a day where you think, oh, my husband or my boyfriend, if I screw this day up, there's going to be hell to pay. I, I don't think there's a day that women ever have that thought in their mind. Some of you might say, well, Father's Day. Father's Day, I can say this as a dad, is one billionth as important as Mother's Day. Dad gets a tie or he gets some socks in or fact, he gets a sweater. I would argue, because I saw this in, you know, with my, with my own family, my, my parents, that with Father's Day, the dad's happy to just Say, you know what? Even if you guys didn't do much today, if you forget, I'll just bank that. You know, I'll, I'll put a little goodwill away. You didn't do much for Father's Day. No worries. Just remember you didn't do much for Father's Day when I'm not totally on my game for New Year's Eve or Mother's Day or whatever, right? You yeah. Know, you, you can, you can take, it's like a paid day of leave that you get to move wherever you want. Yeah. And Valentine's Day, Father's Day too. If you're married, if you've got a significant other, if you make out with your husband or your boyfriend or whatever, he's probably going to be fine. Like, there's not a lot of preparation that has to go into that, right? For for all the married couples out there, Valentine's Day is a home first celebration. <laughs> there I'm you just, go. I'm just so, saying. I'm just men saying. are not not difficult to please in general. I I don't know that they and I'm eight hundred. We, we, we need to get like Carol or Tudor. Maybe Tudor could call in or Carol could call in in the next hour to give the female perspective on Valentine's Day because there's I don't know I, I'm not I'm not quick to throw the uh, the patriarchy around but we, we got two dudes here who have very similar views of Valentine's Day. So I'm just I'm just saying I don't know that there's any day on the calendar that women are afraid of screwing up like men are afraid. I can name at least uh, three. 
All right, I'm I'm going to get one of our one of our podcast partners, either Carol or Tudor, if they're free, both moms, both wives, to see if they can call in. Yeah, to, to text text either either or see if they'll Allie call in. says, and I think I mentioned this. Allie says Thanksgiving because it is true in general, women are more in response, uh, more in control of the, the dining on Thanksgiving. I'm literally shaking right now at the sexist notion of women being in charge of cooking. I'm just kidding, guys. Yes, it is true that women generally are. Uh, I'm looking, like in this household, I got, I got a wife who cooks really well. I got a mother-in-law who cooks really well. I got sisters-in-law who are amazing cooks. So uh, basically I get fat at family holidays. That's, that's what I'm blaming for all this. So, and I get that. That is there, there is pressure on women for Valentine's, I mean, so on Thanksgiving, but that's a family pressure situation, right? Where you could argue that's worse, but I don't know that there's a relationship aspect to that. I, I also want to put out there, speaking about pressure, the pressure to buy Roses, suddenly, this flower, which I think is even technically a weed of some kind, has thorns all over it. But anyway, this, this, the rose, it's probably not true. I know nothing about botany, so I just made that up. Um, but the rose is suddenly very, very expensive, you'll notice. All is across that true? The country. I, 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 or, or maybe I just never buy roses, and so I realize how expensive they are. That may be the case. You know, a dozen roses will run you a pretty penny. I bring this up because, I think we can take some of the stress off of Valentine's Day for all the guys out there who are buying a dozen roses for their ladies. I don't know, maybe some ladies buy a dozen roses for their guy, although there are other ways to celebrate Valentine's Day. Um, here is a way to handle all this. Senate candidate Barbara Lee has a solution to our problems of cost and inflation and buying roses on Valentine's and paying the rent and all of it, Clay. A $50 an hour, five zero minimum wage. Cut one, play it. Both of our Democratic opponents are calling for a minimum wage between 25, 20 and $25 an hour. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of seven twenty-five an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. In the Bay Area, uh, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that... Uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by. Another survey very recently, 104000 for a family of one, barely enough to get by. Low income because of the affordability crisis. 100000 for a family of one? That's what a, that's what a $50 an hour minimum wage for everyone out there with a standard work week would mean you're making a little over a hundred thousand dollars a year. A a worker at McDonald's, which you know, honorable profession and great way for people to make money and great way for people to sometimes build a resume and build their way up the employment ladder if they want to. It's a great entry level position for a lot of people. You're making a hundred grand, Clay. I was truly, you know, strapping myself into the back of a Black Hawk helicopter hoping we didn't get shot down for the CIA and and I think I was making 60 grand yeah. or 50 grand at best I don't know why she doesn't just take this a step further and why we don't just make everybody a millionaire or a billionaire I, I mean, $100 honestly I'm I'm shocked at representative Lee's callousness on this issue because why just put people at a subsistence level of a hundred thousand dollars a year when you can make everybody rich. Let's pay everybody 
$200,000 a year. I don't, look, these people have no, and again, sometimes these opinions are so dumb, I have to be careful not to curse, no freaking idea on basic economics. This reminds me of when I was a kid, and I remember sitting around watching television and the national debt would come on, and when you're a kid, you don't understand anything about inflation. You have a childlike economic knowledge, which is basically what most Democrats have. And I would always say, how could we possibly have a national debt? We can just print more money. And the idea of a $50 minimum wage, Buck, they're going to pay everybody. You mentioned McDonald's. Every fast food worker in California now makes $20 an hour. And Big Macs are going to start costing $15 in California. I mean, this is... The, the the biggest story that no one seems able to tell, and this frustrates me in many ways, people feel it, but Republicans are unable to explain it. Let me distill it down into a sentence. Since Joe Biden became president, every single person has gotten a tax increase because inflation has grown more than your wages have grown. So inflation, the average cost, is up nearly 20% for everything since Joe Biden came into office. So we can add $50, $50 an hour minimum wage to congressional election Long Island and Mayorkas impeachment to our call, uh, our call for the next, uh, next segment. Let's, let's take some calls on this. Yeah, no doubt. It's, but it's an inability to just distill this down. Everything costs too much. You have less money in your pocket since Joe Biden became president. Your wages have not kept pace with the inflation rate still. And even in the stock market, you basically have made no money over the last three years because inflation has gone up more than the Dow has. I was looking at the the math on this. Since Joe Biden came into office, at best, you have tread water because cost has gone up so much. Uh, look, it's tax time. Your company sent you sir, W-2s or the 1099s. And you're being bombarded with advertising from tax return services offering to help you file with the IRS. Same time of year when cyber scammers who've stolen your identity race to file a bogus tax return with the IRS to get your refund ahead of you. They're successful last year. They collectively stole more than a billion dollars of refund money. How'd they pull that off? They stole online identities through a data breach or planting malware on your device. And they had enough info to file those fake tax returns. If it happens to you, it takes months and months to sort that out with the IRS. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Likewise, it's important you know how to protect yourself and your online identity. LifeLock is your answer. Their online identity protection, second to none in looking after your info and telling you when it's been used illegally. If you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's my name, Call uh, CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, head to lifelock.com. Use my name, CLAY, as the promo code for 25% off. That's lifelock.com. My name, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. 
You know them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang Podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Buck, I don't know if you saw this information, but I think it even underscores the absurdity of Joe Biden not doing a Super Bowl interview even more. The Super Bowl on Sunday was the most watched television program in the United States in the history of television. On one station. Question for you, Buck. What is the most watched event in United States television history? This was on a single channel. The answer is now the Super Bowl. Over 120 million people watched on CBS. Over 200 million people watched at least six minutes of the Super Bowl. So this is the first time we've gone over 200 million as a partial audience. What is the biggest television audience they say in American TV history? Any guess? Seinfeld finale? 
It's a good guess. No. Final episode of MASH is another guess. Another good guess. No. What is it? The, what did you say, Allie? OJ verdict. Oh, that's an interesting guess too. No, you're all wrong. It is the moon landing. The single most watched event in American television history. Now this was on every channel. There's also pre-cable and satellite. You mean What's the fake the fa- moon landing? Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Media Matters, that was a joke. That was a joke. Please. We like to have fun here. Anyway, yes. The moon landing is the most watched television event of all time. It was on simultaneously every channel in 1969. Arguably, though, Buck, this this left out of me, given all of the entertainment options. Yeah, I know. Streaming I, I, services, everything I think that many people watching else. the Super Bowl is a sign of the fall of the Republic. There are more important things people could be focused on. But that's You me. even watched the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, I know, and I'm blaming myself. I'm falling in the Here's trap Here's another stat nonsense. for you that surprised me. Wait, we have all these callers. You're just giving us Let me give you this, too. The, call, the callers will be impressed by this fact, too. 47.5% of the audience was female. That surprised me for the Super Bowl. There the you go. The All Republic. right. Brandon Circus is everybody. The fall of the Republic is near. Doug in Alabama. Doug in Alabama, you're first up. How you doing? Great. We're good. Okay, I was just going to talk about impeachment. We've been through several of them. All it does is makes people more popular. You spend all that money, and there's no possible way to get them convicted in the Senate. It's yeah. just a huge waste. I think Doug is probably right. I mean, I, I, I would, I would co-sign with you, Doug. I think you see this correctly, uh, in Alabama. Thank you for calling in. Rebecca in Austin got the other side of the equation here. What's up, Rebecca? Hi there, guys. Uh, definitely I disagree with Doug. I just wanted to say that the American people are sick and tired of seeing public servants that work for us not do their jobs and we want some accountability so i would like for y'all to spend some time on talking about the impeachment impact and how it can educate and highlight the um terrible policies that this current administration has been following so that we can continue the conversation and keep the awareness going about how terrible this is for our country and putting us at risk I appreciate all the things that you're saying, Rebecca. I think that impeaching Mayorkas is going to have a zero impact on this. I will say that I thought that removing Kevin McCarthy would have a zero impact for the most part, and I think that that was true. And I know that wasn't a popular opinion at the time, but I think it was true. So I think, look, again, 20% of the American public maybe even has any idea who Mayorkas is. If you want to impeach Biden and put him on trial for the failures at the border, I'm 100% in favor of that. He's the guy that's going to be on the ballot in November. Maybe one or two people get uh, percent get swayed. Buck, the data reflected that those ridiculous Liz Cheney Jan 6 hearings did have an impact on the midterm election. We thought it was ridiculous. They put it on primetime. I think if you look at the exit polling, we should do this. I'm going to go out here and have a guess, Clay, that in Long Island's third congressional district, I bet threats to democracy was considered an important thing, even though we think it's silly. A lot of people don't. And when Trump's on the ballot, they're able to make that argument. They said Trump and abortion got the win there. We'll break that down for you and more next. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 